largest Merino experiment is beginning to unlock some of the secrets, bust some of the myths, and uncover the enormous potential of an animal that plays such an important role for us. The Merino Lifetime Productivity Project, or MLP, tracks the lifetime performance of 5,700 ewes across five sites around Australia as they proceed through four to five joinings and annual shearings. Assessments including visual trait scoring, classer gradings and objective assessments across a range of key traits and index evaluations has been taking place. What an extraordinary amount of work, but it's delivering a unique and extensive data set of almost 2 million data points. Analysis of this will be used to enhance existing merino breeding and selection strategies for both ram sellers and buyers to deliver greater lifetime productivity and wool grow returns. So, the central question to the MLP is this. Are immature measurements and assessments an accurate and reliable indicator of lifetime performance? I mean... We all know people who peaked at school. Can sheep be the same? Welcome to The Yarn, the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Marius Cumming and still waiting for my peak, by the way. Anyway, one of the MLP sites, Balmoral in Victoria, is coming to an end and some fascinating observations are appearing. With that MLP site wrapping up, a two-day Merino Field Day Bonanza is taking place, so we thought it fitting to hear the personal observations and opinions of two people who have been central to it. South Australian sheep classer Bill Walker and Balmoral breeder and site manager Tom Silcock. And I started by asking Tom just how this massive project actually came to be in the first place. I guess there's some unanswered questions for me, uh, way back in 99, when we were running uh, the second Balmoral Soil Evaluation Trial on our property, we endeavoured to look at the impact of age on uh, micron and wool quality. Unfortunately, that trial probably wasn't very well set up and it provided a very non-conclusive result. But visually, I could see, you know, I guess we've all seen the deterioration of some genetics and some animals, some sheep, uh, through age. And uh, to me, using immature measurements for lifetime evaluation has always been a bit um, thought with um, uh, whether or not it was really delivering the, the true uh, measurements we were looking for. So MLP has given us the opportunity to really get on performance. And with that, it's probably picked up on some of the issues that some of the breeders in Australia have had about whether or not the existing Australian sheep breeding values or clean fleece weight were indicative of uh, uh, being able to provide improved fleece weight in breeding programs. And uh, you know, like one of the things that's thrown up already from this MLP trial is clarified that some genetics, uh, the adult fleece weight doesn't continue on uh, tracking the predictions of yearly clean fleece weight, where other genetics do it quite well. So you've obviously got quite a bit of genetic variation, which is highlighted by this trial. And it's these sort of things that are being highlighted that hopefully will enable all breeders to be better able to 
perform by producing better genetics in the future. And Bill, what would, what's your answer to that same question? Or would you like to build on what Tom's just said in terms of what you're, you're looking at through this and as someone who's been classing across the sites for many years? Yeah, Maris, uh, I, I certainly align with a lot of uh, the things that Tom mentioned then. Uh, but I think much of the eventual learning will be uh, gleaning all the information and the summaries from you know six to seven years' worth of data over the two drops at Toluna. Um, and I'm just keen to find out things like, you know, whether the U-Hog I raved about uh, as a youngster, uh, you know, won the same accolades as a six-year-old. Uh, does she still cut? Is her micron in order? Um, is she still fertile? So that thing for sure, The uh, Tom mentioned about the ASPBs for, for yearling clean fleece weight versus adult uh, and what happens to that curve thereafter where there are some bloodlines who continue to march on promoting great fleece weight and there are others that almost halve themselves within one year, uh, which is quite a shock with the results that came out, I thought. Uh, a lot of these did align with high eye muscle fat sheep, uh, where the higher the fat and eye muscle, uh, the more chance of a drop away with the fleece weight, most definitely. Uh, I know there'll be studs who uh, will tangle with me over that one, but amongst this trial and quite a few across the nation, uh, that's certainly a point. I've just learned so much from this with uh, with all the data that's processed via AWI and AMSI, uh, those beautiful graphs, quad graphs, where uh, positives are up and positive to the right and negative down to the left, doesn't matter which studs they are, just beautiful information uh, uh, through their system of, of graphing all the information which makes it easy for uh, a field-based situation for growers to come and have a look and see see what animals are doing what. Um, I did learn that the Harrow Hotel is one of the best country pubs in the nation um, with a bloody uh, fantastic jukebox and stuff. A uh, little side, that is. Uh, but I just uh, hope to learn uh, that my classing has been consistent across all the, uh, the lifespan of the U uh, amongst all of the challenges that are thrown at it, thus affecting my decision including twinning, uh, dry use, worm burdens, for example. And I'm also learning about uh, other bloodlines that we're not directly associated with that, uh, that have outstanding results in these trials um, that could influence my stud decisions uh, with future breeding strategies. Along with that, I've, I've also learned that Tom, uh, I've learned why Tom is the guru, guru of the district. Um, and thanks to Tom, things like uh, a feet, pest and leg scoring system is being developed, uh, developed um, and it's a trait that's often ignored by breeders uh, and out of sight a lot of times. So there's just so much to learn from these trials. Uh, that's new to me, uh, considering I've been classing for about 38 years, damn it. <laughs> so, well, that's, um, that, that, that's a nice thing to say about Tom, and he is the current um, wool monarch down here in Western Victoria, it has to be said. But the variation, the massive variation in bloodlines and genetics and across climates across Australia, are we actually likely to see conclusive trends or are we going to see trends within different types of sheep? And you mentioned one there in terms of the high muscle um, high muscle merinos. So, um, Tom, are you hoping to see conclusive trends across the board or is it going to be uh, more nuanced than that? Look, we've already seen some very strong trends, um, but, you know, some of the... Um, enlightening stuff is, for argument's sake, some of the highest uh, fleece weight animals are now being highlighted as being some of the poorest fertility animals. Now, some of that shouldn't be great shocks to us, um, but, you know, the other side of all this is, you know, I love saying to people, you know, I want to breed an animal, a merino, that can do it all. 
uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a prime land producer that has, you know, super quality fine wool. And, and we're starting to see those animals. People have been telling me, oh, you can't have it all. Well, I actually think, you know, these ML feed trials are, are highlighting that, yes, you can. Uh, you know, we're, we're still developing some of these animals, but it is possible now to uh, go uh, another step and actually have an all-round, dual-purpose, high-quality wool, uh, heavy-cutting sheep with high fertility. And, and it's this analysis that's actually proving and highlighting that and, and what animals actually can deliver on that. And one of the other things that I think is really exciting also is um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the repeatability of uh, worm resistance, fat and muscle measurements, because traditionally those measurements are only being done as one-offs. So let's just see whether they're repeatable uh, and what messages may be uh, gleaned from some of that stuff as well. Wow. It sounds like it's going to be an extremely rich data set for many years to come. But, Bill, I know you you want to reply to what Tom's just said. So what's your response? Oh, look, I, I think most the uh, the whole thrust behind the running of uh, MLP trials, in my eyes, is to capture as much trait data as possible over use entire lifetime, just as to hugely increase any accuracies of existing data, which may have been arrived at only at Hoggett stage. So, you look at the ASPB, uh, ASPB data when sheep genetics was in its infancy. Uh, most collected information was only from a stud ram's weaner shearing at eight to nine months of age. Uh, and there's no no new info in sight. So now we've just got lifetime data over so many sites of all these ewes uh, where the accuracy of all the mustard information is huge and, and then repeatable uh, for more future confidence in, in buying power, I guess, for the, for the client down, down the end. I just I think MLP projects will clarify many of these myths uh, that, are, that are often discussed within the industry, and that's, uh, you know, bare breech versus no wool, uh, more skin wrinkle equals more cut, light head, more fertility, uh, wool blind, low fertility, uh, hog fleece weight, as we've mentioned. Uh, does that correlate with adults? It certainly doesn't some of the time. Um, many things like that I've assumed, um, and I think with this project we're really going to stamp uh, out a lot of myths and come up with, uh, with high accuracy facts, I guess. And if that is the case, if we start... Moving along that line, what is the future role and the future challenges faced by classes? <laughs> uh, great point, and nothing. Uh, I'm got a dot, dot point on that one, but um, this it's been a huge learning curve. And I'll tell you what, you do put your, your head on the chopping block with these trials uh, and the associated uh, associated wells classing trials as well, where uh, you put under the spotlight five or six times with MLP projects, uh, where one year I might. She's one of the best girls I've ever seen, and, year, and in year three, I think she's had um, yeah three lambs, two years running. She might look like a uh, whatever that may be, which might influence the class to cull her out. <clears throat> so, with all this data collection, uh, we hopefully, uh, hopefully, that spurs a lot of commercial growers and studs as well to um, have the information on hand to then pass on to the classer. So he can do a lot better job, and that that twin trip dry situation with, with AU is very important. Where that was the only information we could use uh, when we we're classing the MLP trials. Uh, there's no other data associated. We weren't allowed to know what the car, uh, what the fleece weight was of that year the previous year, uh, but we were allowed to know what she'd done with her lamb uh, that year, whether she was dry or or had some, uh, which has a huge effect on classing. So so for future 
uh, existence of classes. Uh, they've got to be very sound and rounded uh, to ex- accept any information on hand, and that includes uh, high accuracy because of these trials, uh, ASPVs, which are just critical to our industry now. And also, Bill, what are your commercial clients really expecting out of this? <laughs> I got some. Uh, well, I think all my clients are my mates, but I have some uh, some rippers out there that really do query and question me, especially over a few good reds. Um, and they just they just need to know their class is is on track and is the real deal, I guess. Um, and I think the information from these trials will just reinforce uh, their wise decision, their wise decision really to employ me in the first place. And uh, should this not be the case, I'll have another crack at being a rock star. But um, as a classer, uh, as the effect and the ripple effect of all of this, uh, is to remain grounded, uh, visual is one very important factor of this thing of mine or ours as classes, uh, but we really need to understand the beautiful backup of having ASPBs as well. Well, if it, if it works out like that, you can take heart that the Rolling Stones are still going strong in their 70s, Bill, and there's still, there's still opportunities knocking. But, Tom... Tom... Tom, you, you have you have been around and you've been at the centre of this for a very, very long time. It feels a little bit as though the MLP project is sort of the foundations upon which to build a lot of different projects and a lot of a lot a lot of new knowledge. Where do you see the future uh, in terms of genetic assessment on the back of this enormous project and those inc- that countless hours that you and your team have put in? Yeah, I think. Uh one of the things that's highlighted, I think, is the skill set that exists in classes. Um, so, class, you know, this classing skill already with data collected uh, has been recognised as being able to predict some pretty, you know, some of the better end animals uh, quite well. Um, and obviously, we can't measure everything. The visual assessments are critical to a good animal, uh, and you know, you can have the best figures in the world, but you know, if they can't walk. Uh, well, they can't eat, well, obviously the wheel's going to fall off pretty quickly. Um, one of the great things about this trial, I think, is the fact that it's all incorporating uh, and, and the different philosophies that are behind breeding a lot of those animals. And I think the trial has already highlighted that there are champions from all quarters. Um, so, you know, some of the traditional uh, have produced some, some of the champions uh, where obviously some of the measured ones have stepped up really exceptionally well as well. And there is going to be nowhere to hide with the results in this trial. The trial is incorporating all philosophies, lots of things that exist in the industry, and it's combining all of the knowledge and the skill sets and the measurement system to work out what is the best way to evaluate and predict future genetics. And that is just such a fantastic thing. And to have everybody involved with nowhere to hide, so everyone's going to have ownership of the outcomes. And the other thing that's opening the door, likes of genomics and DNA testing and things to help us crunch some of the difficult um, selection issues, like fertility, for argument's sake. You know, it's very hard to be selling rams at one year old and have all the data set on them. So maybe, you know, DNA may be a great way of being able to help give better uh, predictions on young animals that are sold to clients uh, before measurements are even taken. But there's an issue there with getting the cost down. And again, this trial is involved in helping unwrap a lot of that sort of stuff. 
Bill, from where you sit, how do you see the significance of this project and in terms of the future of the merino industry and the people that are running the merino industry? Uh, Marius, the uh, the information that's going to come out of this trial, uh, or all of these trials across the nation, uh, it's not just just uh, morals, it's across the board. Uh, it, it's just going to improve accuracies. There's so much information coming out of them um, that, that that'll be conglomerated, summarised, and ratified. Uh, and what comes out the other end is proof, evidence, and fact. So there's no myth. There's no uh, I cut ten kilos, you only cut five. So you got the worst sheep. It's a neutraliser. Uh, and the accuracy is mustard uh, means out the other end that uh, we can forecast genetically more so than we ever have. So I'm enjoying the fact that I'm involved uh, with a great team at Balmoral in particular, uh, with Tom right at the top of the tree there, who just uh, does so much groundwork for all of these things uh, and is well uh, held in high esteem. So uh, it's the accuracy, Marius. It's, it's the information. The more information we throw into a, to a pool, uh, the, the better accuracy we're going to get out the other end. So that's the future is, is high accuracy uh, numbers uh, to be able to select, well, long-term rams to um, um, interrogate your flock uh, in, a, in the right direction. So uh, it's, it's a great thing. Uh, the funding of this is just so well worth it, I think, uh, more than maybe some other projects over the years because of what's coming out the other end, which is pretty exciting, which we as classes haven't seen yet. So it's going to be intriguing to see uh, what a message! Yes, it's a it's a great celebration of the merino and uh, the the field day coming up. Tom in mid February in Hamilton is seen as a bonanza and it's really a celebration of not just um, the merino industry and its genetics, but the people around it. Tell us a bit about um, why the field day has been labelled a bonanza. When is it on, and how do people find out? Well, I guess one of the most important things is it's the biggest trial in Australia. Uh, it's the first MLP trial um, to uh, come to conclusion, and and uh, all of these progeny are going to be, all, you know, that, that are representing fifty odd sires around Australia are all going to be on display. But also equally important, it's going to be combined with three drops of our sire evaluation trial progeny from our standard annual trials. Uh, they're going to be on display as well. So it's a massive display of trial sheep with uh, supported by both breeding values and visual assessments. And anybody that has a real in- interest in uh, producing better sheep in Australia, they need to be uh, watching the outcomes of this trial and ideally being there to see firsthand and ask the questions and uh, see the proof in the pudding of what some of our sheep in Australia are capable of doing and where the future might lie. Uh, the Taluna flock that's been selected as a host property is uh, runs under a management program of non-mulesing and uh, you know, the various genetics selected across Australia include representatives, animals from non-mules plus mules flocks and it's been a really... Uh, shone the light, I guess, on what's possible and not possible for breeding for non-mule sheep. So I think that's, again, people will be able to see that firsthand, uh, the outcomes of that and the challenges of uh, wrinkle within the industry that I think Bill touched on a little bit. Wonderfully said. And, of course, hopefully COVID is losing its grip and we're all wanting to get back together again, aren't we, Bill? We are, Marius, yes, and I'll bring the band. 
Sheep Classer at the Merino Lifetime Productivity Balmoral site and potential rock star Bill Walker, as well as Balmoral Breeders and MLP site manager Tom Silcock with their personal observations of the MLP project. Okay, so the field day is on Thursday the 17th of February 2022 and that is followed by a dinner and the next day, the Balmoral Sire Evaluation Site Field Day. So find Balmoral Breeders on Facebook to register, which is essential. And if you Google MLP, you'll end up on the My Little Pony website. So I'm not sure of their lifetime performance, but head to wool.com and you'll find it a lot more useful. So we hope to see you at those field days if you can make it. But either way, from me, Marius Cumming, thanks for having a yarn with us.